Welcome to the first episode of the Startup Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the drive. What enables early stage and growth stage entrepreneurs to scale their businesses and grow global companies? I've got my co-host with me here, Jerry, and we'll be talking to you today about a couple of entrepreneurs that we think share the drive of running massive companies and building sustainable growth. I started the startup podcast this year, actually. And uh, the reason why we started the podcast was really just to think about a way to give back to early stage entrepreneurs, innovators, people that don't really have a way of getting their ideas off the ground. Jerry and I noticed the problem not just that we shared, but other students shared, other entrepreneurs shared, and other innovators shared. How can I take my startup idea or the idea that I have in my head and make it come to life? How can I find resources to make this happen? Who is going to help me? Where should I go? All of these questions were questions that I once encountered uh, as an early stage entrepreneur. A brief synopsis about myself, running a company right now called Ready Car. Uh, it's a delivery company. We run across four provinces in Canada, uh, operating over 350 drivers uh, and growing at scale. For me, when I started about six years ago, it was hard to look at and identify the landscape of how to get things going. Flash forward to today, I actually met Jerry at uh, a VC uh, internship that him and I are going through. And we both were sharing similar ideas about what we should do with solving this problem for early stage entrepreneurs. So I've got Jerry here and Jerry's gonna do an intro and uh, we'll get started. Yeah, my name is Jerry, currently a student at SC doing business and also analytics. And actually met Esmail, like he said, at this VC internship that we're currently doing. And we realized that like a huge problem for early stage entrepreneur is that they have an idea, but they just don't know how to start it. And this is a similar problem that me and Esmail both shared over the course of like our entrepreneurship journey where we have a couple of ideas, but we don't know how to kick out the ground, right? So then after countless Google search, after countless interviews and asking other people for tips, we've gathered that this is also a problem that other people share. And we want to talk on this podcast on how to resolve this problem. But this podcast is not only going to be only a podcast about how to resolve this problem for early stage entrepreneurs, but also we're going to shed light on other innovators, other startups as well, where we discuss their business tactics and their strategy. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, very unique, Jerry. I think that the experience that we've had up until this point, uh, obviously as a student myself earlier, um, it's tough while you're going through school to kind of think outside the box and really push yourself to, to creating ideas first off and then actually building a company, right? Um, I think that that's crazy. And um, you, know, you have to have some level of drive and, and that's really what we're gonna be talking about today is how that drive is created. So for me, that drive, you know, started in my second year. Uh, I was uh, actually 
uh, a science student uh, in the Bachelor of Science program, kind of thinking I was going to do pre-medicine and go that route. And then things changed in my second year when I took my first business class and we ended up winning a business competition. And I was just like, hey, this is my calling. <laughs> and, you know, six or seven different startups and failures later, um, now ReadyCar is, is a seed stage company that's growing. So I think it does take time. Um, and, and, and we know that we understand that as, as entrepreneurs and innovators. But, um, you know, our audience to the people that are going to be watching the startup podcast, you know, I think they want to know, Jerry, I think they want to know what's the main reason why we do what we do and why, um, you know, the Elon Musk's of the world do what they do, right? Like what's, what's driving us to, to, to make this happen? What do you, what do you think, Jerry? Like, where do you think that that kind of comes from? Yeah, man, that's a great point. So I think it like comes from a couple of reasons, right? Because naturally, like we as humans, we have like affinity for stuff that we're naturally interested or naturally inclined to. So when I was in high school, I was naturally inclined to just like look for business ideas and execute on them. And I was actually doing sneaker reselling. But what really changed was that in senior year, my economics teacher was like, Jerry, you're not an entrepreneur because I would call myself entrepreneur, right? Because like I'm reselling sneakers, you know, making money in high school, feeling really good about myself. But she said, Jerry, you're not an entrepreneur because you're not creating anything new. Reselling sneakers, a lot of people do that. And this was back in 2017, 2018. So certainly that was like the boom of like sneaker reselling culture. That's when like StockX came around and all that stuff. And she said, you're not doing anything new. And I was like, why not? She's like, you're not creating anything new for society and you're not bringing anything that's what other people hasn't done. And that just changed my mindset. So going to college, I quit sneaker reselling and began looking for other ideas. So I think we as people, we have this natural interest and in stuff that, that curious us, right? It inspires us. And I think there are people who are certainly like Elon Musk, you mentioned, which I'm going to share a little story about him later on, is that once they see something that they're deeply, deeply passionate about, they will do nothing until they actually accomplish that goal. And that is the crazy part because I feel like every one of us has something that makes us go nonstop, but it's just about you finding that little piece and that becomes your drive. Yeah, that's crazy, Jerry. I think it's like unlocking that, you know, that drive that we, we all share and all have, right? Like, I mean, I've been, I've been in so many and in countless gatherings with friends and family um, and um, you know, like uh, whether it's my siblings or like a friend um, being like, yo, like I have this cool idea um, or like, hey, it'd be cool if we could do this. But, you know, just not having the resources or I guess the drive, right, to, to, to get it off the ground, right? Um, and you know what? I think the biggest thing to kind of understand too, Jerry, is that, um, you know, these entrepreneurs started somewhere, right? Um, like Elon Musk started somewhere, right? hundred um, percent. And, you know, like, you know, for example, your, yourself, right? The, the reselling of sneakers, right? That's, that's certainly been done before, but that's where you started, right? I started back when I was actually, this is, this is crazy. I didn't even know I was an entrepreneur until my first or second year of university. But when I was a kid in elementary school and in, in primary school, I used to go to school and uh, obviously my mom makes East Indian food. 
so I'd, I'd have East Indian food, but I'd like to have like the Dunkaroos, you know, the granola bars that kids would have and bring to school. Cause I never got that at home. So I'd show up to class and I'd literally have my lunch ready and I'd do a quick trade, a uh, little bit of a trade-off with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with folks uh, at school. And I had no idea that I was giving value and they were receiving value in return. Um, and then, you know, obviously 20 years later, um, that sort of drive for value and like giving value back kind of continued. Yeah. I think like a big part of it is that like what stops people from chasing their drive, right? Like you mentioned like meeting friends and then they have like these venture ideas, they want to do stuff. But then I think a big part of it is that fear of failure It's because they know that if they try it out and then they give it like, I don't know, 50%, 60%, because you're not, if you're not giving a hundred percent, there's no point even bother trying, right? Because you don't know if you can succeed unless you put all your work in. But I think like a big part of it is that, like, again, like I think just like a natural, like natural thing for us as humans is that we are afraid of the outcome, but what if it's like a negative outcome? And then that stop us from even trying in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's where the sort of drive comes in. Cause like as an entrepreneur, as somebody like, you know, for example, Elon Musk, you failed multiple times and you've probably heard multiple people say that you're crazy, right? There's a little bit of insanity involved with that too, um, that, you know, some people uh, possess that, you know, help, help them make these, these crazy companies. Right. And, um, and there's never like a get rich quick in entrepreneurship. That's why I love it so much is that you really have to grind, right? It's a grind. It's, it's, it can take, you know, you know, people that have that overnight success, typically that leads to a bit of an ego, right? Sometimes doesn't necessarily lead to desirable outcomes, right? The, you know, those are sort of companies that raise quickly and burn quickly, right? But you'll notice that folks that have just put in the time year after year um, and, and, and went through some failures or went through some ups and downs that have that drive are, are just persistent. And, and, and they, you know, if you're able to kind of get on top of that, right. If you're able to get past the early stages of, Oh, should I work on this idea or not? And then to the stages of, Oh, here I'm building it. It's coming to life. And then, you know, you're, you're past that stage. And then it's like, oh, you get your first customer and then you yep. get your 500th customer, right? So there's stages, there's levels to the progress too, right? And at each one of these stages of your drive as an entrepreneur, you could potentially stop, right? And I think that that's one thing that um, entrepreneurs are so scared of too. People are scared of because they're like, what's going to happen if I hit my first customer or my 500th customer is the business going to look different right there's all these sort of things that come in our heads um and it's just the drive like that that's really what pushes people past right how, how far are you willing to take your drive for 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 growing your company yeah definitely like i think what happens like if you think about the future right if i hit my 500th customer what would my business look like right how would i have to adapt my business right but I think a lot of that, like, that's just like the mental blocks that happens, right? I don't think you should really right. think about it, but because those problems are not something that you can resolve today because you haven't hit 500 customers. You only right. have one customer in subscription model. So why should you worry about that? And then like what you said about like Elon Musk, like he failed multiple times. Like in 2008, the SpaceX 
Falcon One rocket launch um, failed for the third time, and that's it. And that was also during the financial crisis. He had pretty much no money, and then that was right after he sold PayPal and put all of his money into SpaceX and Tesla. And Tesla was literally on the bridge of bankruptcy. And a little story I want to share about that is that until May, like that time, that was like two days before Christmas, where his company was on the verge of bankruptcy. If the funding didn't close, then he would have been screwed. He literally, he would have been bankrupt. He didn't have enough money to buy gifts for his girlfriend. That's how bad it was. And that wasn't the first time or the last time that Tesla's on the bridge of bankruptcy. Like right now, we see that Tesla shares are soaring, right? And then now that he's ultra rich, but he wasn't always like this. But for him to persistently go through that and not be set back by those failures just shows that if you have, if you can identify your drive, you're not going to stop. Like, who cares if you're bankrupt? Like, right? You're not going to stop just because you're, you might be broke because you're chasing your vision. You want to change the world. I think that's a big part of it. That's what really, like, that's a rocket fuel for these people. Yeah, I think I think that story kind of goes similar with like, you know, the Apple story, right? Is like you know when Steve Jobs founded Apple in in his garage uh, with Steve Wozniak, right? And uh, obviously, several years later, when he got booted out from from the board, it's that's a huge huge loss, right? Um, I mean, obviously at the time for Apple too, because we know how big of an innovator Steve Jobs is, but. For Steve Jobs personally, right? It was kind of like an ego check, like, shoot, like I'm out of my own company. I spent years and years and years building Apple. And now I have to take a back seat, right? And you gotta wonder, like, why, like, why didn't he stop? Right. Like, you know, we know when we've heard stories about like him going and meditating and practicing yoga afterwards and like really kind of finding his true self right? His true purpose. That's another thing too, right, Jerry? Like, I feel like, you know, people that are entrepreneurial that end up taking that risk and taking that path, like I said, there's a little bit of insanity there. So you end up kind of losing a little bit of yourself and then you kind of have to kind of get that back. And I feel like for, for, for Elon, for, for Steve Jobs or for other innovators too, um, like highly, highly successful entrepreneurs, it's that when they hit that point, you know, instead of backing out or crawling into a shell and, you know, kind of just like not continuing on building their companies, they always kind of have that belief that like one more shot, right? Let's give this one more shot, right? And that again, kind of comes back to the drive, like how willing are you, like what's your willingness? What, 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 like what's that drive that's driving you to, to, to continue to move forward? And how willing are you to drive yourself to, to succeed even when, you know, all odds are, are against you, right? Um, when all odds are against you, like, yeah. So I think they have that like low incentive that you're mentioned, right? Because there's just so much risk. You're tolerating like in like measurable amount of risk where, you're taking that in and you still have that hope, that glimpse of hope, like, oh, I will be successful after this benchmark's reach, right? But you would never even know when you're gonna reach that benchmark because it's all in the future and anything can change. And like the crazy part is like most people think that, oh, starting a business is a straight line path, but it's never a straight line path as you like, as we all know. It's just like literally like just jumbo lines, right? Cause you don't know at which point like you're gonna be failing or 
you might be profitable, right? And like most companies, keep in mind, like are in the red for the first couple of years. And a lot of public companies are in the red for tens of years. Like Palantir, they have never reported profit, even though the stock has been soaring, you know, ever since mm-hmm. IPO came about. Right. So what is that like, you know, it's like literally the mental model that makes me curious, like how are you able to handle that much risk? Because I feel like we're not born to handle that much risk without any setback, right? But for them to be able to beat those challenges and then continue on with their journey, that's the craziest part in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I think that's like, that's like sort of the, the differentiator between like entrepreneurs that are just kind of, I guess, basement entrepreneurs. Is that a term? <laughs> um, <laughs> should, we, right? should we explain that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we should tell that to our followers, right? Like, like I mean, that's 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 where where this kind of transitions into, right? Is you know the 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 story of the basement entrepreneur, right? And 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 when people hear this, you guys might be thinking, hey, like, what what's a basement entrepreneur? Literally, a basement entrepreneur is somebody that has ideas, that has um, kind of all these thoughts, but just can't seem to get that get it get it going. Right, just can't seem to like put pen to paper and like build something tangible. Right, that's what the basement entrepreneur is. So, we in this podcast, we really kind of want to take a deeper dive into into you know what drives entrepreneurs, right? And then kind of defining who the segment of entrepreneurs is or people is that we're, we're targeting, right. We're, 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 we're trying to help. And, and it's the basement entrepreneurs. You know, I've probably had Jerry, like close to 15, 20 people just this year, reach out and be like, Hey, Ishmael, like, how do I take my idea and build it? Right. Like, what do I need to do? And a lot of the times my advice to them, you don't need to have some sort of application or, you know, put, thousands and thousands of dollars and to build something right you know right. you can leverage you can leverage material that exists now right um and and we'll be talking about this material in, in further episodes but i feel like that gets missed too and, and sort of that's like the initial jump too and i feel like that's one of the things too it's like oh i don't have an application developer that mentality right you said mental model right and i heard these talk right, about right. Jerry, right it's like oh shoot i don't have a developer it probably doesn't make sense for me to um, build an app, right? And then it's just like, no, like, like as innovators, you start with like the single most valuable product at, at, the, at the onset. What does that look like? That might be a website. That might be a landing page. That might be a Facebook page. That might be an Instagram page. You know, that might be a Twitter account, right? Um, there, there, there's so many successful companies that have just started on social media, right? There's examples of, of these companies that exist, um, like that have just bloomed and blossomed after starting on social media and kind of using that platform as a leverage to get going. So oftentimes you don't even need as many of the resources as you think. It's just you, you're yourself trying to give you that, you know, that, that excuse, I guess, that's like, Hey, it's probably not going to be possible because you don't have the, the right resources. Yeah, I think a lot of people do think that just because they don't have the resources, they can't, you know, they can't go on. But like you said, like no code is not available too, right? You can make any application, any website using no code. 
And also like Squarespace makes it incredibly easy for you to build a landing page, build like an e-commerce store, right? And even Shopify. So resources are available today. Like as long as you, you know, see which ones are beneficial for you. Like you can even just like start a group chat on iMessage or even start a Facebook group if you're like selling your products or join Facebook groups, right? There's a lot of stuff that has already been built out. You don't need to be necessarily someone who raises like 300 million just to, you know, make an MVP, right? right? Like you don't need an extraordinary amount of funding in today's society anymore to sketch out what your natural product is. It's because, you know, innovation wise, we have the technology on our hands to build these prototypes. And once you have these prototypes, you can, you know, see, do I have any traction? Is there a market? Are there demand? And then you can use that and use those statistics, go, go ask for funding. But I think like nowadays, it's just like hard if you don't even have a prototype or have any like show any like example of traction and then go ask for funding just because you have an idea, right? At least go and execute. Don't let the fear of not having enough resources stop you from executing on your idea. I think that is the biggest takeaway. Wow. Yeah. I love that, Jerry. Like, don't let the fear of not having enough resources stop you from executing. I think that's, that's, that's huge. I think that's very powerful for, for our listeners too, because, you know, um, and there are examples and I think, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit about these examples in an episode down the line, but, um, that that's so, that's so powerful, right? That that's, they can literally start with anything and, and, and build it. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, I think each of us have that innovative mindset. We just got to unlock it. Um, and when you unlock it, then obviously there's further stages of building on it and keeping your drive moving forward. So. Right. Oh, I think once, yeah, once you build it out and then you keep building on top, then that's where you see the huge like leap throughs, right? Innovation It's never like, it's never where your first stage is your best stage is that you continue optimizing it, continue adding new additions. That's where you see like a full product that's being formed, right? And we see that with many examples, with even like the Tesla cars, right? Like we don't have, we still even don't even have like full self-driving capabilities on Tesla cars, but they get better year after year or because the over the air updates and all that stuff, right? That's never the first product, but rather once you have the first product and show that there's actually customers who want your product, then you keep optimizing it and then you see the final form. Yeah, it's like iterative thinking, right? And I feel like that's one of the things too that um, gets lost in, in, in developing companies is that you're, you're gonna have, your, your, your initial product is never gonna be what you, your final product is or what your current product is, right? Exactly. You know, when we started ReadyCar, um, and all the other companies that we've started so far, it's always been on the kind of the social media page. And then you build a following and then you take resources that you've built there and then build out a platform, right? And, and I think it's really that easy to, to get, get ideas off the ground. It's just a matter of that strategy piece, I think that you were talking about earlier, Jerry. Yeah. Should we say for the base entrepreneur versus entrepreneurship um, for next episode? I mean, biz, sorry. Basement business versus basement entrepreneur for next episode. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good that's a good segue, um, Jerry. Like I think talking a little bit about the basement entrepreneur and what that what that looks like, and then talking about the 
basement business too, right? Having all these ideas in your head, not being able to get them out. Uh, we've all been there, right? We've all been there. And it's like, how do I, how do I innovate? How do I get past this? So in the next episode, Jerry and I will, will talk a little bit about the, the basement entrepreneur and, and how to enable that basement entrepreneur inside of you. And, and so again, for, for our listeners, the basement entrepreneur is an entrepreneur that has all these ideas in their head and they're amazing ideas. They're like 10 out of 10 ideas, but they just can't seem to get them off the ground. Um, that's a, that's a basement entrepreneur. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna help you guys solve the problem of how to get away from being a basement entrepreneur using that drive and building successful companies. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks everybody for your time today. And thanks for listening in, uh, follow our podcast on, uh, Spotify as well as Apple podcasts. We'll be posting on there. Um, And uh, we'll see you at the next episode.